0: Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Imaginal Space podcast. My name is Katherine Perry, and in today's episode, we are going to be continuing the Introduction to Aura Color series with the color silver. So if you are new, welcome. And if you have listened before, welcome back. Before I begin each episode, I like to take some time to just set the space, set an intention. So what I like to do is just close my eyes, take a couple of deep breaths, call in whatever I want to call in, you know, just again, just set your intention. You know, what is it? How do you want to share space with yourself today? You know, what is it that you might want to learn? What is it that you might want to take away? And then we will get started. So if you I like to take just like a couple of moments um, because I'm used to doing this all the time. But if you need more time, just hit your pause button and then we will get started with the color silver. Okay, perfect. Let's get started. So, if you haven't listened to the other colors, you don't have to. They kind of they don't really have an order to them, except they kind of do. They all do connect to each other in a really rather special way. Um, but you don't have to listen to them in any particular order. You can just kind of listen to the ones where the messages feel the most relevant to you. But silver is a really interesting color. When I first looked at the silver family, so just in case you haven't listened to any episodes prior to this one, each color has a theme. And then which within each color, each color is associated with seven archetypes that I like to call, it's like a little mini family of archetypes. And each archetype brings its own flavor, its own dimension, its own understanding that contributes to the central theme of the color. So for example, silver has a lot to do with Finding protection in surrender. And my phrase might change a little bit because there are, when I'm looking at the Silver family, there's a lot in here about, yes, there is, you know, protection. There's a lot of surrender, surrender in uncomfortable situations. And then there's a lot about time and then the mystery at large. So Silver is inherently a very mysterious color. I mean, they all kind of are, but... This one is particularly so, and here's why. So let's start with one of the most mysterious cards in the deck, which is the riddle. And so each card, each archetype has you know, its main name, and this one's is the riddle, and then a couple of synonyms. And one of them, two of them, actually, let's do all three of them. I believe they are the puzzle, the question, and the mystery. So very, very mysterious card. So... Whenever the riddle has shown up in a reading and aura healing, it kind of it asks you to pause and to stop kind of trying to find the right answer. So I went through a huge riddle season in my life where, you know, when um, if you're anything like me or you know what, actually forget that I feel like everybody goes through this at some point you know, where they just begin to start questioning things. Okay, so that's the energy of the riddle in general is, you know, when you're questioning what is it that I really believe in? You know, what is it that I believe is really going on here? You know, do I believe in a higher power? Do I not believe in one? And those are all going to be really big themes for today just when I'm looking at, you know, the rest of the cards in the family. And what's interesting about silver is you don't necessarily need... You don't need to believe in anything specific to, you know, access the power of any of these colors. You know, that's not necessarily what that's about I do. So my flavor and my understanding of the colors is, you know, definitely going to be influenced by my personal beliefs, but you don't necessarily have to. You know, the riddle again, it's more about the question and not so much about your answer. So that's actually been coming up in the past 3 episodes. Like I said, you don't necessarily have to listen to them in order but they do have a trend to them. So I would say red, orange, and yellow, very, very grounded colors. And then when you get to kind of green and pink, which is all about healing, because healing is such a tangible yet intangible practice, green and pink is kind of the last of the ground, like more of the grounded colors. And then you move more into the ungrounded ones, you know, and more, and it kind of just moves And like, yeah, it just kind of moves and shifts towards the mystery a little bit, you know, as you go on. So blue, we've also talked about blue, indigo and violet so far. And what's also interesting is within each color family, there's always, you know, maybe at least one grounding card. So I talked or the last episode I recorded, it was about violet. And so violet does have a couple of grounding cards just to balance, you know, just have some balance within the family. Um, but, yeah, so, as we're kind of moving through the different aura colors, I'm noticing that with each color, it's a little bit more intangible, a little bit more ungrounded. And it just gets you know what? And it's not it's not a bad thing. It's neither here nor there. You know, there's no good or bad colors or anything like that. It's just the way that in which we approach them is a little bit different. And silver definitely gets you thinking. So for instance, you know, kind of coming back to the riddle, I would say the riddle started, the riddle's energy because this deck didn't even, it wasn't even a thing until just over a year ago. It came out in like October of 2017, but just because, you know, the deck wasn't a thing and that's the beautiful thing about the archetypes, they, they exist on their own, you know, deck or no deck, you know, we've all had the experience and that's why I love the archetypes in general, because they promote this sense of unity and unity consciousness because we've all experienced them in our own way, you know, so I might interpret them in one way and you might interpret them in another way, but they're kind of like universal experiences, which is very just beautiful in my eyes. So we've all experienced some form of the riddle before mine kind of came in the form or came at the time when I first started, you know, exploring, you know, the more, I guess, mystical or spiritual side of myself. I guess that's what you could call it. You know, we all have that side to ourselves. But when I really started asking just questions about, you know, who am I outside of, you know, at the time it was like school. Who am I outside of my family? Who am I outside of X, Y, Z? You know, basically asking myself, what is my soul? What does my spirit look like? You know, that, those kinds of questions. That's when I started dipping into things. And this is way before, again, this deck, or or as in general, I started looking into the chakra system, which I guess is, again, it is a little bit connected to this, um, very much connected, but um, yeah, I started looking into the chakra system. Um, I was really big into astrology. I was super into tarot. And I realized at some point, all of those, you know, exploring all of those systems, philosophies, schools of thought, all of those languages were in attempt to understand the mystery, and again the mystery is the riddle. So I might use them interchangeably because I really like. Again, I really love the um, the mysterious layer to this card. So when I was, I, I remember this feeling very, very specifically. You know, like I said, dipped into astrology. I even kind of dipped back into you know the Bible because I was you know raised in a religious family. All of it was an attempt to learn about the <laughs> learn about the mystery describe the mystery and kind of figure out and I don't even know why I thought I could do this you know figure out what is going on here and try to grasp an understanding of just what I don't I don't even know how I could try and put this into words and that's how like kind of crazy this was Um, But yeah, just like try and have a better understanding of my life, my soul, my spirit, and like literally what is going on here. Like I don't like what is basically the question, what is life? That is the riddle at work. And so what the riddle does is in those moments when you kind of get too bogged down in, you know, what's going on here or you're trying to, you know, understand basically uh, that's definitely not a word understand literally what cannot be understood and what cannot be put into words in this life, that's when the riddle comes up and says you're probably thinking too literally about, you know, whatever situation. The mystery is very elusive. You know, it's not something that you can put your finger on. It's not something that you can control, which I had a lot of issues with. Um, it's not something that you can quite Ever comprehend. Like anytime you think you understand it, you're more confused, you know? Or I remember hearing a saying if there's, if you think you like fully understand, you know, when it comes to these larger themes in the mystery of life, if you think you understand it, you're just so far away from it. And it took me a really long time to understand that because anytime I realized I thought I understood something, more questions would pop up and I would just be even more confused, you know, than I even began with. And then At some point, I realized there is no controlling it. There is no fully understanding it. However, what's so beautiful about the riddle, the mystery, the puzzle, the question is, especially with the question, it's such a big question, you know, and however you want to phrase it, you know, you know, what is going on here? Um, Questions about, you know, God, questions about the universe, you know, is there a higher power? Is there not? You know, those are really, really open questions. And the riddle is such a beautiful card because I believe that every single card inherently has unconditional love weaved into it. You know, so in this case, however you choose to answer that question is okay. You know, and that question kind of like the question and the answers both change. You know, so if I, let's just say we were asking the question like, what's the best way for me to how do i describe my soul how do i describe my spirit how do i describe all of these you know intangible intangible experiences i'm having at one point the chakra system was the most appropriate you know that helped me to articulate aspects of my soul my spirit that i really couldn't you know prior to knowing anything about the chakra system and then you know as time moved on I found different languages that just did a better job and not necessarily better or worse, but just it fit, you know, more because, you know, as time moves on, we grow and we evolve and we change just as human beings. So the languages that we use, you know, either they need to grow and evolve with us, you know, as we discover more things about ourselves, as we move through, you know, just the experience of being human or we need to release them, you know, so I mean, the chakra system will always be special to me because it was like my first, you know, it was like my first language. That sounds kind of weird. Not really, but it was my first language. So it will always, you know, hold a very special place in my heart. But it's not, but it didn't, you know, um, what's that word? It kind of didn't serve me after a while. You know, it didn't fit me. And then, you know, that's when I started learning more about tarot. And that's when I started learning more about astrology. There was a point when, astrology was the language that really captured, you know, what was going on in my heart. It really captured, again, those intangible, you know, indescribable aspects of self. You know, I would like look at astrology and kind of, you know, read all the books and like do all that kind of stuff and be like, wow, that's me on paper. How did they know that? You know, it's like that kind of feeling. And you can get that kind of feeling, you know, what I've learned from any, any language, you know, any system or, you know, and I lean to more of the esoteric side of things. That's not to say that like science, you know, math or, you know, those other languages couldn't do the same thing. In fact, they do. You know, some people really love like metaphysics or, you know, other physics. And if you can't tell, I only took like a couple of classes of physics in college. So, um, Yeah, I I can't go too deep into, you know, what I can't know, but or art, you know, art is one of those beautiful mediums that, again, captures aspects, the unseen aspects of ourselves, the ones that we can't, you know, maybe we can't put into words or, yeah, we can't necessarily put a finger on or we can't put on paper. But when we and I'm not really, you know, super artistic in this way, but when we paint or when we draw or when we, you know, compose a song Or something like that or we write lyrics and that just does it for us you know that communicates the aspects of our soul that again we would have trouble putting into you know I guess what you could say and I'm using air quotes here normal linear words so the riddle is more of like it's okay to ask questions you know we all ask questions like that is just a part of you know being human and so the beautiful part about the riddle And the question and the mystery is that it encourages you to ask questions, but then also realize, you know, don't get too attached to the answer or, you know, understand that there is kind of no answer (laughs) in the spirit of just the answer changes over time. So that's why there's no answer. Or maybe there is an answer at one point. And again, the riddle has taught me that what's, less important than like saying aha you know i've solved the mystery i know what's going on here it's paying attention to you know what makes you feel good at the time you know what makes you feel seen what makes you feel understood you know what describes you the best you know so again you can ask yourself all of these questions your answers might shift over time and again that's what i think is the most beautiful part about this card is there is li- quite literally possibly no one fixed answer you know, even if, um, let's just say you ask yourself this question, you found your answer, and then you just stop looking. That's great, but then for we have to realize is, you know, maybe you found yours, but other people all have different answers to the same questions. You know, and so in the spirit, in general, of unity, consciousness, collective consciousness, unconditional love, etc., you know. I've found that it's been so powerful to say, you know what, I have my answer at, you know, this point in time. And not only might my answer change, but other people have their own answers and their answers might change over time. And even if I had my answer and it didn't change, and then other people have their answers and it doesn't change, not everybody's going to have the same answer as me, you know? And what is also so interesting about, you know, the riddle and the mystery in general is it challenges you to get comfortable with the fact that we are human you know and if you listen to violet it's such an interesting color too um violet has the card the father which you know invites us and challenges us to embrace the divinity and the humanity within you know so there's a lot of cards like that that just remind you to embrace the experience of being human And so this one is slightly different. This says, you know, we're all human beings and we don't because there are so many explanations and there are so many answers out there that, you know, can accurately describe the mystery from one perspective versus another perspective. You know, what we kind of have to get comfortable in at the end of the day is the reality of not knowing, you know, not knowing for sure. And that just ties back into everything I said about how, you know, for example, oh, yeah. Perfect. So this is kind of like a touch of blue here too, but, and blue is like, you know, understanding. And so that's, and so this is what's so interesting about the colors because, you know, you have one color with one theme and then, you know, another color, they all kind of enhance one another's understandings and, you know, sometimes contradict one another, but it's, it's in a very, very fascinating way. So blue is the color of understanding your own truth and balancing that out with understanding that everybody else has their own truths, you know? So Silver's first archetype, the riddle right off the bat says, you know, okay, blue, you found your own truth. You can, and you can understand that everybody has their own respective truths that guide them throughout this life. And that's very beautiful and should be celebrated. I told you at the beginning that silver has a lot to do with the mystery and surrender, you know, in general. And, you know, how we find our own safety and our own protection in our understanding of the mystery. The riddle challenges you to release that and surrender that and let it go. You know, so the last, you know, dimension of the riddle that we are going to talk about is... Because your answer to the big questions of, you know, what's going on here? What are we doing here? You know, what is, or like, you know, that lovely question, what is my purpose? You know, what is, what does my soul look like? All of those questions, because the answers can change. It brings this energy of, you know, you might not ever know because as soon as you answer it one way and you, and depending on how open you are, and this is like, a little uh, there's like a hint of like surrender in here you know just in terms of being open to surrendering to the fact that your answer could change at any point you know so when you look when you kind of take a step back and like look at the larger picture if you have one answer at one point and a different answer at another the only reality that might exist is that you're never quite sure you know because everybody has their own answers You know, everybody's might change over time. And it's not like you can prove it, you know. So that's how we're going to start with the riddle in the mystery, you know. And so they there's another card called the comic um, that's actually in Violet's family. And I really like these two together. Um, These two together in any like reading or, or healing reminds you just to not take, you know, everything too seriously in general. But yeah, the riddle does carry internal energies that are connected to like the comic and Kairos, which is mythic time. Kairos is actually in this family. Um, But when it comes to the mystery and the riddle and the mystery, the riddle tells us that our biggest allies are just time and paying attention to just how we interact with time, surrender, and then, you know, sprinkled in with like a hint of humor, which is where the comic comes in. So You know, when you're asking those big questions, realizing that, you know, different dimensions are revealed to you with time, different, you know, things might shift about your answer with time. So all you can do is, you know, surrender and be open to that process. And then again, have like a little bit of a sense of humor with the comic, because if you take it too seriously and you're trying to, you know, get to the right answer of literally what is life, you could spend your entire life answering that question literally of a bunch like billions of people around you trying to answer the same question and that's how you could spend all of your time you know so that's where we are going to start and then we have again yeah we have a lot of other cards here that bring very very interesting energies so let's hop over which one should we do next Okay, so in the spirit of, you know, the mystery and what I was just saying about timing, we can actually talk about Kairos, which is mythic time or synchronicity. So Kairos is time beyond the linear (laughs) clock. What? Um, (laughs) Kairos is time beyond the linear clock. You know, it's quantum time. So it kind of you know, suggests and implies that there is, it's like divine timing, you know, if you believe in anything like that. um, That's why I like using, you know, mythic time, divine timing, and just synchronicity in general, because even if you're like, you know, there is no divine timing, there is no mythic time, we've all experienced like those little weird synchronicities that, again, we can't quite explain. You know, there's going to be a lot in here, in this family in particular, that is just inexplicable and intangible, And it's just, again, it's very, very interesting to describe. So Kairos brings this energy just in terms of mythic time, divine timing, the idea of being protected by time. And so this is where silver gets very interesting. So we have the riddle and Kairos so far. And like I said, silver is a lot about protection, surrender, timing, and the mystery. Those are like kind of the four key words. And so when the Riddle and Kairos is are united by the like that layer of protection. You know, in terms of what's so interesting about those two is and this is where surrender comes in too. How is it possible that we can kind of be protected by the mystery? How is it that we can be protected by, you know, mythic time, divine timing if it's so intangible and so unseen? And it's not something that we quite understand, you know, those. So that's like a huge part of silver in general. There's like another I think blue has a lot to do with trust. Um, silver is trust. But again, more in the flavor of surrender, you know, so even though the mystery, the riddle, the mystery and divine timing, those are such intangible concepts, again, you can describe them in so many ways you can experience them in your own ways but it again it's not something that you can contain it's not something that you can control it is something that you can surrender to so if anything silver is a lot about you know surrendering and being kind of protected by you know the different dimensions of the mystery you know so the riddle is like the mystery at large you know and then kairos is Kind of like an expression of the mystery, you know, if that makes sense. So um, if you've ever like if you want to hit pause for a second, think of a time when you did experience some sort of synchronicity or if you believe in it, you know, you did experience some form of divine timing or you were like that happened at the right place at the right time or I was in the right place, you know, at the right time. Like how kismet is that, you know, or how amazing is that, you know? That's this energy. And I've definitely had experiences like that. But you know what? This reminds me of actually, I think, you know, uh, let me look this up first. OK, yes. So it reminded me of this quote, um, definitely by Steve Jobs, because I just looked it up um, about how, you know, when you look back on your past, you can always see how the dots kind of connect and you can't necessarily see that into the future, but you can trust that they will. I'm paraphrasing largely um, cause so I just wanted to look that up really quickly. That's kind of in the spirit of Kairos, you know, it's understanding that things happen at the right time that they are meant to. And so taking Kairos and the mystery slash the riddle to the next level is allowing them to be your guide, you know? So it's allowing, you know, divine timing, it's trusting in divine timing, it's trusting in the mystery And the idea that they are guiding you to wherever you need to be in any given moment, you know? So, I mean, and you can stretch that and, you know, surrender to that understanding in your own way. You know, there are definitely moments I can think about in my past where I'm like, ooh, yeah, that happened that way for a reason. And you know what? I didn't like it at the moment and I definitely didn't understand it in the moment. But looking back... I can't imagine it happening any other way because I wouldn't be here now, you know, it's that kind of understanding. And I think we've all had those moments where we can look back on, you know, possibly unfavorable things or very uncomfortable situations. And understand in the future, that's exactly the medicine that I needed at the time. This is exactly, you know, yeah, what I needed at that time. And it was meant to happen that way, even though I didn't like it then. So that's kind of and but it's not it doesn't have to be like things you don't like. It doesn't have to be like, I guess, negative or anything like that. Um, It can be the good things, too. You know, uh, that definitely happened in that way at that time. And I wasn't expecting it. Or, you know, I met this person at this time. I wasn't expecting it. But, you know, now here we are. You know, it's it's very much that energy of things happen in a way at a time. And so. That's what makes silver a little bit tricky because this kind of language rhetoric is wording is not for everybody. You know, some people really hate that. They And I used to be one of them, by the way. Um, just the word, just the wording of, you know, things happen at the right time and, you know, it'll all ho- or like it'll all happen according to, you know, God, the universe's plan or, you know, things come through at the right time. Yeah, that wasn't always for me. Um yeah definitely not. And so that goes that kind of goes back to the riddle, the mystery in that if you hear people say that what's so interesting and I didn't realize this before the people that say, you know, those things, you know, and this was like back when I was also bothered by just the word surrender in general because I had no idea what it meant. And, you know, and that's an but Again, surrender is such a huge theme, Um. so is silver, that your understanding and your relationship to it will evolve over time, you know, as it naturally does. But what I didn't understand at the time when I heard people say things like, oh, this happens according to divine timing, or this happens, you know, according to the universe's plan, or, you know, you just have to surrender to X, Y, Z. It really bothered me, but I didn't understand but that was because I didn't understand. And you know what? I still, I would say I don't love it when people use those phrases to spiritually bypass, you know, very human experiences Um, because it can be used in two ways. You know, there are people that I can just feel it from them where they really believe what they are saying. And they've had that either you know felt experience or they know it for themselves or they're they're connected to it in their own way and they have their own relationship with it it's not like somebody just told them that um and then they just took their word for it like they wholeheartedly believe in it and i'm i've always been fascinated by those people um especially when i didn't have my own relationship you know with the mystery but then there are people that use it again to spiritually bypass or um yeah just like bypass the experience of being human and not lean into it And that's something I don't personally agree with, but I guess you can use it in your own way. Um, The point is, a part of silver for me, I've said this before, I'm a feeler, you know, so for me, the felt experience is very, very, very important to me. And so when people say, and also like I was starting to say earlier, but I didn't quite finish the thought, Even though people say, like, you know, you must, you, like, it's all in divine timing or surrender or something, people use the same words, but they all kind of have a very different experience of how they got there, you know? Or at least, you know, that's what I've found when I've, like, dug a little bit deeper into it or asked people about it. You know, people who, you know have surrendered to something higher to themselves or do believe in something like divine timing or the universe or that things do happen in a certain way at a certain time, they've found their own relationship with whatever it is that they believe in. They've answered their own questions or asked their own questions would probably be a little bit of a better way of saying it, you know, with respect to the mystery. And they've found their own way. And so they've found their own special way. I would say in my language of connecting to silver and again you know silver as we've moved through the colors here it is more of an intangible experience so i would say starting i mean developing your own relationship with every single one of these colors is very important but it really starts again around green and blue where it's it's essential you know so for instance you know red is all about being grounded Orange is about you know creativity you do find your own way of grounding and you do find your own relationship with creativity however you can kind of understand those two colors you know at least on a surface level you know without like without you know developing that deep relationship and kind of finding your way on your own you know. And again, your own relationship with every single color family is extremely important. But once you start to get to like blue and indigo and violet, understanding it on a surface level, it's like, yeah, once you start to get to like blue, indigo, violet, silver, it's very difficult to even understand it on a surface level. It'll just like the narrative will just confuse you, you know, once you start to get into like the later colors. um, Especially with silver, because like I said, silver is like inherently just a very mysterious color. It's like the narrative of the color makes less sense unless you experience it for yourself or you or you know what's even better or a better way of explaining it. You gain the most from experiencing it with your for yourself once you start with like blue, indigo, violet, silver. You know, so just like keep that in mind, you know, especially when it comes to concepts of like divine timing and surrender in general, you know, those are very, again, very intangible themes where you do have the most to gain by figuring it out on your own and kind of, you know, moving on that, your own journey with that. So with that, we can start talking about the mountain. So the mountain, I guess, you know, has like a couple of different meanings here. So Remember what I said earlier about being guided by the mystery and being guided by divine timing. So the mountain is kind of like our adventure card, you know, so not to get super cheesy here, but, you know, just consider your life to be a mountain for a moment. You know, you started, you know, at the bottom, like the day you were born and, you know, there is like a top to the mountain. And I guess that's where you would move on and pass away. So at any given moment, if you're listening to this, you know, you're in the middle, you know, somewhere you've, you have a past and you have a future, you know, Can't really be listening to this, you know, if you have no past, not really. Even if you were born a day ago, you have a past. And also, um, depending on what you believe in, you kind of can't listen to this either if you don't have a future. So we're all like, you know, on the middle of the mountain somewhere. And the mountain, it is one of those cards that calls you to be extremely present with and just have some confidence in where you are. You know, even though... You know, you can't quite possibly see and really understand, you know, where you are going or, you know, what is necessarily at the top of the mountain when you get there. It allows the mountain within the silver family calls you to be present enough so that you can, you know, receive whatever wisdom, you know, from whatever it is that you believe in or you can receive the guidance again from the mystery from divine timing and then be present with it. So it does, I think it adds this beautiful element again of just being present and not necessarily looking or living in the past, you know, always staring back at the bottom of the mountain. I'm afraid of heights, so I don't do that kind of craziness anyway. I'm just like looking down, ooh, um but yeah, so not always staring at the past. And not always staring at the future. You know, there, there are moments where, you know, you it's nice to like look back and appreciate just how far you've come and, you know, how everything that you've experienced on the mountain thus far has brought you to where you are. You know, there is a beauty and an art in honoring that and appreciating that. And then also there's the humbling aspect of looking forward and being like, whoa, I've got a long way to go. And that's where Kairos and the riddle come in. You know, speaking of just in general, you know, the quote about connecting the dots, you know, you can look down the mountain and you can look back and understand that, you know, everything that you've experienced on the mountain thus far, maybe you got stuck in a cave, maybe, you know, it was super cold at one point, or maybe you had a glorious hike, you know, at the beginning and then there were a couple of like rough patches, You can look back and understand, wow, every single thing that I've experienced on this mountain so far, everything that I've discovered, maybe I found like a couple of allies and friends along the way, it's brought me here. And then again, you can look, you know, to the future and understand that everything that has guided you up until this point, everything that has supported you, because that's a lot of silver too. You know, I don't know if you've ever been hiking on a mountain um, it's not the easiest thing in the world. And it also depends on the mountain. So I'm not a fan of cold. I've hiked mountains before and I've hiked, you know, what's really cool um, when, so I, in Utah one year when I was younger, I started at the bottom of the mountain and it was fall. And then as I went up the mountain, you know, naturally, you know, with height, you know, it's, it's freezing. Um, and it was winter, like at the top, you know, it was so cool. And with every challenge that the mountain throws at you, you either—and this is again—and this is where silver gets interesting it can kind of go two ways. So you can translate this in as as many ways as you want. You know, as you're going up the mountain, uh, depending on again, you know, is it cold? Is it warm? You know, I don't really know. You either find resilient. You. I mean, either way, you know, you find like a new sense of resilience within yourself and you find that, you know, you can really take care of yourself and you can support yourself. So that's happened to me on multiple occasions. There was one time where I did go on this hike. Um, It was like millions of miles away, not millions, but you know what I mean, from my home country. Um, I was in Australia that one year and I was traveling alone. So I was hiking alone And I hiked to the bottom of this beach. It was beautiful. I went to go see the figure eight pools. Um, uh, Just kind of outside of Sydney. Super beautiful. And the way down was, you know, very straightforward. And then on the way back, you know, hiking through the jungle, I'm like not super good about this. I never take a map when I'm hiking because I kind of just like to, you know uh, I'm so used to that, you know, when I'm home, I just like to explore. And, you know, since I'm home, it's like not a big deal. If I get lost, you know, I always leave myself like ample time, you know, you know, for whenever I get back. So unless I'm going, you know, to like a super huge or super complicated place, you know, I rarely ever bring a map. And so I kind of carried that same attitude when I was hiking, um, I think it was like Palm Beach or Palm Forest or something like that, wherever the pools are. And I got lost. So I got lost, you know, in the thick of the jungle. And not only that, but the, so uh, if you've ever been there before, there's like, um, what do you call it? There's like one train that kind of drops you off near the entrance of the park. You know, I was traveling. I didn't have a car or anything like that. So I relied on the train. And, you know, at first when I realized, oh, I'm lost, um, (laughs) I was like, you know what? That's fine. I'll just make my way back. But then I kind of look at the clock and I was like, oh, wait a minute. That train, the only train that, you know, will get you out of here and like out of this town and kind of back to your hostel that leaves at 5 p.m., you know, and I realized I was like, wow, I'm actually pretty far away, not only from the entrance that I came through, but also from the train. Um. All of that is to say, you know, I got lost. There wasn't a lot of time to get back. And, you know, there were a lot of restrictions there. And I was just under, you know, like I was kind of in a pressure cooker. Like I literally sprinted or not sprinted, but I did run all the way back. You know, I love running. I love hiking. Um, That was really tough, you know, running with like all of my gear, you know, trying to catch the train. I did just maybe with two minutes to spare. I did catch the train. Um. But all of that is to say, you know, I've been talking a lot about, you know, a lot of external forces um, like divine timing and the mystery. And there is a beautiful resilience, you know, layer to silver. And I just wanted to highlight that just because if you're not about like, um, and this is where, again, the way in which you interpret the mystery does influence a lot about how you interpret the silver family. Um, I'm a big believer in God. I'm a big believer in the universe, unconditional love, but I do believe that it is inside of you, you know? So for me, you know, the way I understand, you know, these forces, they are something inside of you. They are something that is a part of you. So with going back to, you know, the hiking example where I stupidly, you know, miscalculated the time, didn't bring a map, you know, got lost, whatever. Silver can be interpreted in a bunch of ways. you know it can be it can be interpreted as you find resilience within yourself. and that is what guides you, you know or you find resilience within the creation, the universe, uh, spirit within yourself. or you find you know resilience, support, And you surrender to, you know, a higher power outside of you. You know, I don't necessarily believe it's outside of you, but you get the point. You know, there's so many different ways that you can interpret it and all of them are welcome. It really does begin, though, with like, what do you think the mystery is in the first place? And that's why I love the riddle in this silver family, because before you can even, you know, begin to contemplate the bigger themes of like surrender and protection, you know, what am I surrendering to? You need to answer, hey, what am I surrendering to at any given moment? You know, what am I being protected by? So if for you, you know, there is no God, there is no universe, there is no higher power, there is only you, the mountain, those experiences, you know, for me, a quite literal experience, you know, um, just like hiking and, you know, I needed to find, I found a lot of resilience within myself that day. You know, I found, you know, I can take care of myself, you know, um, I also found that I could have been a little bit wiser, you know, in just you know planning and timing. I just got lost in the beauty of the pools, you know, at the bottom of the beach, which didn't leave me a lot of time. But after, I remember sitting on the train, the the train in the tiny town that I can't pronounce because all Australian names, like I find that they're so confusing to Americans. They they're so long and um, yeah, but uh, beautiful names. It, it was I wish I remembered. All the names are really cool. Um, But that is to say, when I was sitting on the train and literally out of breath, guzzling water, I was really proud of myself. You know, I wasn't super proud of myself, again, for not bringing a map and, you know, for not being as aware of, you know, my time constraints. But I was proud of myself in that even though I put myself in that situation, I was able to get myself out of it. And I know that's kind of like a silly example but just knowing that I could rely on myself, you know, I was able to rely on my body, you know, I'm, again, I love running, I love hiking. But yeah, the fact that I was able, I was like alone and I figured that out and I was just like, you know what? Best plan is for me to just, you know, book it and, you know, make that train, that's silver too. You know, like I said, silver can be, you know, it can be, a you, and you can believe in all of them at once. You know, there's no, there's no right or wrong way to interpret silver and silver is such like a multidimensional. It's such a multidimensional color. It just in this respect, I mean, they all are, but you know, I personally believe, you know, when it comes to silver, you know, I can support myself or there, and there's so many different ways in which of saying that, you know, I can support myself. You know, I found resilience within myself that day um I surrender to the unconditional love that is a part of me or again some people it's outside of them or um I surrender to my spirit guides my spirit allies that can be a part of you or you can understand them as being you know outside of you it really just depends but in those pressure cooker situations with the mountain and this is you know kind of a different interpretation of the mountain in general you kind of find out you know where it is that you believe that you get your strength from you know, where it is, you know, that you believe that you get your resilience from. That's also the power of the mountain. You know, it challenges us and inspires us to, you know, kind of rise, you know, rise to the occasion when we are in really, really challenging situations. And again, going back to everything that I was saying about the mountain and just being present in general, being present To what really supports you in those moments, you know, where it might be a little bit stressful or it might be really uncomfortable and getting clear on, you know, everything that is supporting you around you. And that can, you know, stretch into the unseen or maybe it doesn't, you know, and that is 100% up to you, you know. So, okay. So we did the riddle. The mountain and Kairos. And we still, oh, we still have like four energies left here. So we can jump over to the mentor. So the mentor, in the same way that I was talking about, you know, the mountain and, you know, finding resilience either in yourself or a higher power or your spirit guides, your spirit allies, or, you know, whatever it is that you believe in, the mentor is, it kind of carries the same energy of, you know, again, within the themes of, you know, surrender, protection, etc. I really love The Mentor because, again, all of these archetypes, they are simultaneously inside and outside of us at any given time. You know, we can all experience them. We can all express them. The Mentor is a special card to me because it taught me that there is so much wisdom to be learned from yourself, and that kind of provides you with all of the protection and the support that you need within the theme of silver. So again, okay. What's like, Oh, perfect example. So definitely mentioned this before because it's relevant to this, uh, the aura colors, you know, and this is a beautiful example, how the mentor is simultaneously outside of you and inside of you as well. So when I, I didn't even, I didn't know anything about the aura colors. It was only when I received you know, one of my first real aura readings that I began to understand the aura colors. And what fascinated me about the reading was not necessarily the person's understanding of the aura colors. It was that she channeled her own, you know, and she kind of found her own way with it. Or um, I've used that example so much. So let me find a different one. Um, Astrology. You know, like I said earlier, Astrology was one of my favorite ways to understand and describe the mystery. And I remember when I stumbled upon this, you know, brilliant astrology podcast, and I had never heard, um, astrology be described from such a soul centered perspective. I was like, wow, uh, this person, they channel their understanding of astrology and that's the mentor's energy. It's learning. Again, you can, perceive it as learning from yourself or learning from the unconditional love or learning from the universe or learning from the God or, um, spirit within you. So it's both. It's, um, so for example, from like a guess, like a really, really grounded perspective, um, that time I was hiking in the woods, um, and I like got lost and, you know, you know, that whole story now I learned a lot just like from myself and you know my own resilience my own strength you know what it is that I'm capable of and so that was a very empowering experience you know for myself and this and so is this quite honestly you know as I'm recording this and you're listening um this is empowering just in a very different way you know i would say even a couple of years ago I couldn't even imagine learning about auras in my own way, learning about, you know, the archetypes in my own way, learning about spirit babies and the spirit world and, you know, having my own relationship, having my own connection. And for me, that is very empowering and it's just a very different kind of inner strength. So that's also a big part of silver is kind of finding your own strength, but in what? And that ties back into the mystery a little bit too. You know, so I find a lot of strength within the unconditional love that's within me, that's within you, just in general, because for me, that that's like saying there's like this cosmic wellspring that we can all continuously learn from and there is no end to it. So for me, it's really empowering to know I can learn as much as I want about the archetypes, uh, about the aura colors, about spirit babies, there is an endless amount of unconditional love. There is thus an endless amount of information, kind of like an endless cosmic waterfall that I can learn from at any given point. And really what it is, is it's up to me. You know, it's up to me to open up. You know, it's up to me to kind of break out of the box. And that's actually one of the cards that's in this family. The next one is the box. So The box, it's exactly what you think of it is, you know, especially with that story about the mentor. It's breaking out of whatever it is that you are used to, you know? So it's, you know, like saying, you know, forget about the rules, you know, forget about, you know, whatever it is that you previously understood. And the box, um, if you, on my website, every, and that's where, that's like Squarespace, uh, my website is, Squarespace is not my website. Squarespace, the host of my website, is also the host of my podcast. So that's where all the um, my podcast episodes are. And so under every episode, I always put photos of what the archetype cards look like. So if you want to see what this one looks like, you definitely can. It's a bunch of boxes within boxes. You know, so it is to say every single time you break yourself out of a box, you will find yourself in a new one that you can also choose to break out of because we're all human, you know? So there are tons of boxes, tons of rules, tons of like expectations that are constantly around us. And it's always our choice to break out of them. And so that goes really, really well with the mentor, because again, the mentor is, there is not only so much power in learning, but there is so much power in learning and channeling for yourself, you know? And realizing that Everything that you need to know, you already have within you. And so that's why I love the example or the language rather. Or the understanding that you are always able to learn from the unconditional love within you, you know, and that you don't need to rely on anything else. You know, I remember um, when I was first learning about spirit babies and, you know, surprise, surprise, uh, there's not many books out there. So I've actually only read one And I remember when I, you know, came to the end of the book, I was like, oh, no, like, that's it. Like, this is so fascinating. How can there only be, you know, kind of like a couple of books on this? And, you know, the more I spent time with my own and the more, you know, that I kind of just came to my understandings, I realized I don't need the book. You know, I'm not bound by the book. You know, I'm not tied down or like chained down to it. You know, I can continue learning about this. From myself, you know, I can learn about it from the unconditional love within me. I can learn about it from creation within me. And that's the energy of the mentor. And again, you know, if none of that's for you, you can just say, I just, I learned from myself. You know, I, I am my own teacher. You know, I am my own guide. I am my own teacher. And you can just surrender to that too, you know, and just the understanding that. You know, you have yourself sustainable, you know, you have everything that you can possibly need. You have all of the power within you. You have all of the strength, all of the resilience within you. You know, there is nothing that you can't handle, can't handle Um, all of that good stuff. You know, all of that is silver. Um, But speaking of like the box in conjunction with the mountain, the box is a very, very key energy in here because with, you know, silver, silver does challenge us challenge us to rise to new heights, you know, and to, you know, experience, you know, all sorts of things that are just like outside of our comfort zone. And that's how we learn more. So that's what the box kind of brings. It brings like a unique dimension to every single card. So the box with the riddle, going outside what you're comfortable with in the way that you interpret the mystery, you know? So for me, you know, I've got my own way. I have my own way of interpreting it It's not for everybody, but I love listening to how everybody interprets the mystery in general because either, you know, A, I learned something new and I'm like, you know what, that's not for me, but that makes a lot of sense. Or I learned something new and I'm like, whoa, you know, that could really add to my understanding. You know, that's the box in the riddle, the box in the mountain, you know, being in uncomfortable, unfamiliar situations you know, does bring about, you know, new dimensions and layers of resilience to ourselves in that we learn that we can handle whatever, you know, life throws at us, you know, uh, sorry to be super cheesy or, um, (laughs) the box and Kairos, you know, again, learning to lean into, you know, okay. So Kairos is a very uncomfortable card for me, you know, um, these ideas of like patience and timing and, you know, um, yeah. They're very, very, it's like, it's a huge learning curve for me, you know? So trusting in something like timing, timing that you can't control. Again, you can't necessarily put your finger on it. There might be no pattern because, you know, mythic time, time beyond the clock, that's like quantum time. You know, it's not linear. It's not like saying, you know what, um, you know, we're in December right now and December will be here in a year. You know, it's not like that. It's, you know, things happen when they happen and you don't quite understand. Yeah. Surrendering to that has always been a learning curve for me. And that has always, you know, broken me out of the box, you know, a little bit more, you know, the more I trust and the more that I like learn about, you know, how I trust and, you know, like, you know, all that good stuff, you know, my relationship with the mystery in general, that breaks me out of the box, you know? So those are just like a couple of examples or the mentor in the box, you know, perfect example. Trusting yourself to be your own teacher, your own guide, your own support system brings you outside of the box in terms of what you can learn. So let's just say I did um, I bought a book on like auras or something and I read that and I was like, well, that's it. The problem is, you know, that book is a box. And for somebody else who wrote that book and channeled that book, that was them breaking out of the box. But if you rely on something that somebody else created to teach you you're remaining inside of a box, you know, and we're meant to learn from each other. You know, that's why, again, the mentor is so special to me, because like I said, I understand it as you learn from the unconditional love within you, which is in everybody else, you know. So, you know, reading a book, you are learning from the unconditional love within somebody else, but it's up to you to take the next step to break out of that box and. And kind of come to your own understanding and then keep breaking out of boxes there, you know, into the discomfort. So that's why I really love the box just within silver, because you learn it's like you trust more. You learn a lot more about yourself. You learn a lot more about your own strength. You learn a lot more more about your own resilience And you learn just a lot more about, you know, your own support system, the more you are uncomfortable. So that's really, that's what's really special about the box to me. And the last two cards, we have the orphan and the empty room. So, okay, let's do, let's do the empty room and then we will end with the orphan. So the empty room is also a very uncomfortable card. So speaking of just uncomfortable situations in general, The empty room translates to the void. It is the card of being 100% by yourself and being with like absolutely nothing, which is like kind of hard to do, you know, for some people in like today's world. Um, It's basically just being without distraction, you know, whatever form that may come in. And it's kind of it's a card of patience and it is a card of waiting, you know, sometimes I have experienced seasons of the empty room and it can be very uncomfortable, you know? So the empty room is, you know, kind of when you feel like you're lacking or when you want something to like fill you up. So it's kind of, you know, empty room. Um, I did say like the void, the abyss or something like that. It's when you kind of feel like something's missing and you want to feel, you want to fill it with something, you know? So, and it's, it's so much harder to kind of sit and I think you know the last couple of months have you know taught us this in more ways than one it's really really uncomfortable to sit with you know whatever hole you know that you want to fill instead of just filling it right away you know so I think that's like the perfect metaphor for the empty room and so yeah imagine um and we've all had this before imagine when you just you felt like there was like a part of you that was like empty for some reason you know and So it's so much easier to try and like fill that right away with like something like some sort of distraction or, you know, whatever than just sitting with the discomfort of feeling empty in some respect, you know. So, you know, and again, you know, I used to be like the kind of person, especially when I was a kid, you know, whenever I felt like something was missing, I would just try and fill it with something else. And it was just like a band aid, you know. So when I was really, really young and I felt that I was like, oh, you, oh, you know what? This actually goes really, really well with the orphan. So we can kind of talk about them in conjunction. So just to preface, you know, the orphan is the child. It's the wounded child. That's how it translates. It's the wounded child. It is. Oh, these go really well together. Um, it's that child wound that all of us have. So imagine, and there is no escaping the wounded child, by the way. We all have it. We're all human. You know, it is what it is. Um, Think back. And if you're listening to this, you probably know what it is. But if you don't, just like hit pause um, and just like ponder that for a moment because it does tie into the medicine of the empty room and then silver at large. And I do think it's actually a beautiful way to end this because we have been talking a lot about finding resilience within ourselves and you know contemplating you know what is it that we surrender to what is it that's constantly protecting us what is it that supports us you know when we need it the most and then the orphan in the empty room challenges you to find out how you can support other people you know so i don't know if you've ever heard of this understanding before especially when it comes to you know the orphan or the wounded child or just like wounds in general um But so, yeah, think about your biggest wound. And I was literally thinking about this yesterday. Okay, so think about that. You know, again, pause if you need to and just keep that in mind for the remainder of the episode. Or however long you need to. So we have a couple of options here. And by the way, when I say, you know, think about your core childhood wound, it's not something and this again, this is where it gets a little bit interesting Think of like the biggest one you have and not something that you can like fill easily. You know, we all have like um, orphan experiences where, you know, mini wounds come up. This is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like whatever gaping hole that you feel that you have that you've always been trying to fill or not that like that's how it is forever. But you have felt it in the past or something like that, because we all have one of those. And then we kind of learn how to like sit with it. And that actually is the energy of the empty room. So it's the big one, you know, the, well, yeah, like the big, big one that has shaped a lot of who you are, you know, just in terms of the experience of being human. So that's what I'm talking about with like the wounded child, like the childhood wound. So like the core wound that you have. Okay, you get it now. So think about that. And so now I'm thinking back on, you know, what mine is specifically and every way in which I have tried to fill it. You know, I've tried to fill it in like 1,000 million different ways okay that's like how big this wound is and what I was talking about before with the empty room the empty room takes away all distraction you know so the empty room and the orphan are a very special combination because it invites you to really sit with whatever your wound is instead of trying to fill it with something else because filling it with something else is like just it just puts a band-aid on it you know, eventually the bandaid falls off or it gets ripped off and you got to replace it with something else. You know, band aids just not permanent. You know, it doesn't really allow it to heal. And what's so special about the orphan, you know, the wounded child and the core child wound and the empty room is if you can, you know, be brave enough to sit with it in the empty room and just be with it and then learn from it. So that's the mentor too, Right. And this is a lot of the boxes energy, right? Because this is also uncomfortable, you know, because it could you could remain inside your box of trying to fill it with whatever or doing whatever you've done in the past. Or you can break out of that box, sit with the empty room and be like, okay, what's really going on here? You know, let me just sit with you. Let me just, you know, be here with you. And when I say you, I mean the wound and really understand you, you know, and then see what happens from that. And so the beautiful part about the orphan and like I said, all of these cards is that we all experience them in one way or another. But we all have a choice, you know, as to, you know, how we experience them, you know, sometimes um, or what we do with those experiences and how we want to express them. You know, so the light side of the light expression of the wounded child is, you know, deep acceptance, deep love, deep empathy, you know. Love and acceptance of, you know, this is what my wound is. And this is where the energy of the empty room comes in. Because if you're always trying to fill whatever it is, you kind of, it's very, very difficult to love and accept, you know, what it's, you know, what it is, you know, what it's doing here and how that might teach you, you know, um, with respect to the mentor and how it might guide you, you know, you know, as you're kind of moving through the mountain of life, you know, just to tie all of the archetypes together. So. The wounded child—it's not an easy narrative by any means. It is a very challenging one. Like I said, there are no good or bad cards; um, they all challenge us in our, you know, in our own way. But the orphan, especially with the the empty room, it really amplifies this experience of just being present with the feeling of the feelings of, you know, whatever that wound, you know, stirs up within you. I've been doing that over the past couple of days, you know, anytime it kind of popped up and the fear associate associated with the wound kind of popped up, I just sat with it. And I was just like, you know, let yourself be scared, let yourself, you know, feel one sort of way and just be there, you know? And what's again, interesting about the orphan, you know, when I was just sitting with it yesterday, I was like, Wow, I didn't realize just how much this wound has really shaped my life, but for the better, you know? And that was, um, I didn't always really understand it that way. And that's what I was saying earlier about like surrender and like, oh, everybody, everything happens, you know, at the right time. You can hear people say that, but you really need to come to that understanding for yourself. So, um, for example, you know, not to get like too deep into it just because it does involve other people. My wounds have to do with like the themes of home and family a lot. OK, there's a lot to unpack there. You know, the hole is large. OK, let me tell you. Um, but yesterday I was really sitting with it and I was like, but wait a minute. You know, that's been really difficult to deal with in general. But look at everything that it's brought you. You know, the imaginal space, I didn't realize it until like a month ago. But it was really born in the spirit of, you know, home, in the spirit of creating one universal family, in the spirit of collective consciousness, in the spirit of unity consciousness. And what does it mean for us to all be one family and to start really acting like one and to really come together? So even though on a personal level, the wounded child really does appear to me, you know, with the themes of home and family, and that's where my biggest wounds are. I don't think without it because I'm not sure. And this is where Kairos comes in and you know connecting all the dots and you know you can never really know for sure, you know, looking down the mountain. And this is actually a perfect example of the mountain because within the past month I've been really looking back at this every all of those downloads, all of those visions, every single one has been in the spirit of home family and you know one universal family. And that those to me have been, you know, the most profound profound healing um, downloads that I've ever received in my life. And I don't know that those would have come through, you, you know, in this specific way, you know, with this specific story and with this love, if it was not for the original wound in the first place. And so, you know, within the past several months, you know, especially over the pandemic, I've been really sitting with that and just like, just been with it, you know, And that's really, really helped me, you know, just to realize just how much love that there is within that wound. And I don't say that lightly because when I tell you I tortured myself with this, you know, for a really long time, you know, the wound, it brought so much sadness, so much, you know, anxiety. You know, it was not it was not like a walk in the park. This is not to say like, oh, yeah, like uh, and. And that, this also goes a little bit with the healer, because the healer has a layer, a dimension to it, an aspect of it, which is the wounded healer, which is not here, but also, I think it's the next episode I'm going to record. Anyway, it does bring the message that healing is circuited. <laughs> um, healing is not linear, you know, and there is no such thing as healed, period, you know? Um Healing, it's the courage to continuously, again, with the box, break outside of the box, face whatever wounds you have head on and reveal the love underneath and then keep going, you know? So there is no such, like for me, there is no healed past tense. You know, healing is very continuous. So um, that is very important to understand just with the orphan in general. And again, the light expression of the orphan is that acceptance that love and that empathy because we don't all have the same wound whatsoever but when you can just appreciate yours and this is where the empty room comes in because if you don't sit with it you can't really appreciate it you can't love it and you can't accept it you know as much as possible but when you do when you see someone who has you know we all have the wounded child within us um but i don't I definitely don't think I would be recording about the auras, you know, in this way, sharing this with you if it wasn't for this wound in the first place. And so that is to say within every single wound, there is a gift. But, um, yeah, just on the note of empathy, it's kind of, yeah, it is difficult to truly empathize with someone if you haven't sat with your own, you know, your own wounds, you know, whatever it is that you need to heal if you haven't sat with them in your own way and you haven't come to like that appreciation and understanding in your own way, it is very difficult to truly, truly, truly empathize. And like I said, you know, you don't have to have the same story. You don't have to have the same wound in order to empathize, just even the experience. And that's why I love the archetypes because they do bring about this You know, understanding and this compassion and this patience and this empathy, you know, they all have that within them because I can say, you know what, your wounded child looks a little bit different than my wounded child, but I do understand that you are experiencing the wounded child in your own way, you know? So the wounded child plus the empty room not only, you know, encourages us and invites us and implores us to sit you know, with whatever it is, our wound is, but then to realize all of the love that continuously comes as you heal it, you know, and that's why I said healing is a continuous process. You know, there is always more love to be revealed. So like I said, my wound has a lot to do with home and family. There is so much love within healing, you know, my understanding and my relationship with home and family, you know, that's just one example. And because that's mine, that's actually kind of the only example I can give um you know with honesty and authenticity um but there are tons of other examples you know if you had um if you have like a huge just like wound in terms of like romantic relationships chances are you can offer like yourself and other people a lot of love with respect to romantic relationships so that's why I said um I would say the orphan, the mentor and yeah, let's just say the orphan and the mentor and the empty room a little bit. You know, the first a large part of this podcast episode was about, you know, finding your own support system. You know, and what does that look like? Again, for some people, their support system is their team of spirit allies and their ancestors and their guides and their angels and that's really really beautiful. And then for some people, me, my support system is just God. That's my support system, you know, the God within me, the creation within me and within everybody else. And then for some people, their support system is themselves. You know, it really just depends. And that's what silver, you know, encourages you to get, you know, to get you thinking, you know, about what your support system is. You know, where does your resilience come from? Where, what do you put your trust in? You know, what do you surrender to, And that's like your protection, you know, but then on the flip side, which is what we're talking about now, you know, it is beautiful to find your own support system and to find, you know, where you receive, you know, love and strength from. But then how can you pass it on? You know, like I said, uh, according, you know, to what my key wound is, you know, this is about, you know, our supporting our, you know, one universal cosmic family, you know, and the orphan, like I said, the orphan is like a very difficult experience. You know, it's not something that I take lightly because I've been there and I know just how difficult it can be at times. But I do know that, you know, even though it is, it can be extremely difficult, you know, depending on, and also that depends on, you know, how you learn to interact with it. I thought for a really long time that the wounded child, the orphan, it had to be hard. You know, it had to be difficult to interact with. And that was my own, that was my own belief. You know, that was my own judgment. That was my own perspective, whatever. Now I'm learning. And I've really only learned this through the empty room and sitting with the orphan, you know, and just being there and just like holding it and accepting it and loving it, you know, for and being patient, you know, for exactly What it is, I've learned that it doesn't have to be painful, you know? So, for example, you know, we're all human. We all experience, you know, sadness, you know, frustration, anger, whatever. Like I said, mine has a lot to do with home and family. If I were experiencing frustration, you know, um, I was just frustrated with one of my family members the other day. You know, that's normal. And so what the orphan in the empty room really allow us to do you know if you don't want it to be it can be frustrating but it doesn't have to be you know crazy painful. you know so in those moments of frustration where I realize I'm just being frustrated, I'm like, all right, let's just sit with it, let's just pay attention to it. don't fight it because that was extremely difficult for a really long time when I would think, you know I'm supposed to be over this by now or I'm supposed to be or the wounded child shouldn't that be healed by now shouldn't the wounded child be gone by now? no you know, the orphan is here to stay. Like I said, we all experience the full spectrum of the archetypes. It's how we handle them. You know, how we handle them is our power and it is our choice, you know? So in those very human experiences where you might be super sad or you might be really frustrated or you might be really angry with respect to whatever your wound is, you have a choice, you know? I have found that holding space for just exactly how I'm feeling in any moment, not trying to justify it, not necessarily even trying to find the meaning within it right away. The medicine just naturally reveals itself over time, you know? And if anything, again, fighting and saying, I shouldn't be sad anymore. Like I've already experienced this, blah, blah, blah. Like I said, healing is a quantum. It is a nonlinear. It is a continuous process, there is no healed, as in it's just done. Because for me, the way I understand healing is healing is loving. It is revealing the love underneath. And since, in my understanding, we are all made of unconditional love, infinite love, there's always more love to reveal. And the wound, the orphan, the wounded child is just a catalyst, you know? And I, again, I don't say that's a spiritually bypass. I don't say that lightly. It took me a while to really understand the power of the wounded child as a catalyst for so much love, so much acceptance, so much healing, and honestly, so much creativity. You know, when I think about reflect upon this entire space, you know, the series, the introduction to aura colors series thus far, you know, all of this creativity, all of this inspiration did come from the wounded child in the first place. But again, I wouldn't have known if I didn't sit with it, you know, so The wounded child, uh, the orphan and the the wounded child slash the orphan and the mentor help us to understand, you know, whatever has, whatever we have rejected, you know, whatever we have abandoned, you know, within us, that could be one of the greatest gifts that we could possibly offer, you know? So again, mine has a lot to do with home and family, the imaginal space, my offering born in home and family, you know? And again, that's the only example I can really give. But you can kind of imagine where I'm going with that. If it was, you know, um, romantic relationships, you know, you could offer something in that in the spirit and the reflection of that, you know, um, what are other wounds people have, you know, and that's kind of again, that's a difficult part because every single wound, even though I generalize it, you know, for just to be like home and family, it is very, very specific. And so when It's very specific and it's very unique to you. And I've found that even though that can be kind of hard sometimes because, I mean, the kind of the shadow side of this is allowing it to like isolate you and control you and limit you, you know, where which is where the boxes medicine comes in, in terms of let me think of how I can continuously break outside of these patterns, heal these patterns by getting uncomfortable and getting outside of the box a little bit. Um, but yeah, our wounds, they're so they're multidimensional and they are so individual and personal to us, which can feel isolating. But what unites us is that, again, we all experience the archetype just in our own way, you know, so that compassion, that empathy, you know, it's available to all of us if we understand that, you know, what we all do experience the archetype. But again, your very specific wound allows you to express a very specific form of love like a gift that nobody else can express you know so i and then that allows us so silver is a lot about you know what guides you and what supports you the latter part of silver is how can you show up and be a guide and a support system for others you know and I think that, I mean, that does have a lot to do with my own understanding, just because, you know, what guides me and supports me is unconditional love, the unconditional love within me. But that's the same unconditional love that supports and guides other people. So a part of that, a part of it is receiving it for me. So the first half was receiving, you know, receiving the love, receiving the guidance. And then also, how can you give the love and the guidance too you know so finding your own flavor with both finding your own flavor in terms of how you receive, you know love, resilience, strength, guidance, um surrender in general, and then how can you give it to and how can you play your part just in the spirit of unity consciousness and supporting one another? So I believe that's like a that's a great place to end. you know, we've talked a, a lot, you know today about, surrender timing you know what does that look like what does our support system look like do we support ourselves you know does it come from someplace else or does it come from you know an even deeper place within you know you know we can always learn from ourselves we can always empower ourselves you know we have everything that we need Um, and then how can we show up for other people how can we be present enough with what is so uncomfortable to us and you know learn a lot more about again our own resilience and then what resilience and how we can show up and be strong for the other people in our, well, not just people, um, the other members, multidimensional members, seen and unseen of our universal family. So that is silver. And so we are going to close this episode the same way that we opened it. And that is with just a couple of, you know, closing the eyes, you know, a couple of quick, deep breaths. I always like to thank every, you know, everyone, everything that supported, you know, the exploration, in this case, the exploration of silver today, um, just say thank you. It's always important to say thank you. And then we will finish the episode. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me on our exploration of silver. Um, that's every single time I record one of these, I'm always learning more about the colors in general, which is why they are introduction episodes, because it's an introduction to me too. And then there's so much more that you can learn from them as you spend more time from the colors, you know, in the spirit of the mentor, there's always more, you know, from that unlimited, unconditionally loving cosmic waterfall that you can learn from. So thank you so much for joining me. I look forward to recording the next episode in the color series. If you could rate, review, subscribe, that would be wonderful. That's really helpful um, on the podcasting end of things. And then I will talk to you soon.